Welcome in to another new podcast from the AMP Publications team. I'm your host, Ben DuBose, news editor for AMP Publications. Today, I'm joined by Bob Chalker, CEO of the association. Bob, thanks for joining us. How are you? Good, Ben. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you. Thank you for rescheduling. We were actually supposed to tape this last week, but it conflicted with the Astros Championship Parade. So Bob was a gracious enough boss to reschedule. So on behalf of certainly myself, but also Astros fans across Houston, we thank you for letting us take a little bit of time off to enjoy that. Yeah, Ben, no problem. I guess all the schools canceled in the area, so uh, <laughs> I, I didn't have much choice. Except for Katie. Uh, somehow yeah, Katie ISD Katie. got, yeah, got yeah. bullied by not just people in the community, but the Astros themselves, including Alex Fregman. That was uh, <laughs> quite a scene. But yes. thankfully, that's in the rearview mirror. People in Houston got to celebrate, and now we can all move forward with our jobs. And for you, you're actually going into, what, the final eight, nine months of your current role? Yeah, coming down to the last uh, the last eight or nine months. So not sure the exact date yet that I'll, I'll step away. Um, I'm actually calling it a retreading as opposed to a retiring, but there you go. Uh, the probably the first week of July, um, we we've left it a little bit open to b- make sure the transmit transition is, is as smooth as possible. So yeah, um, but but I I will say I am booking an RV trip for the middle of July, so <laughs> it's not going to drag on too long. Perfect. Yeah, we'll say July fourth. The holiday yeah. is a good point to potentially break it. And yeah, that's what we're going to be discussing today on the podcast. Bob is CEO of AMP, previously CEO of NACE. When did you first join NACE? In 2010. Um, in fact, I think, I can't remember now if it was the 1st of July, uh, maybe the middle of July, but it was in the July of 2010. So it'll be 13 years when I step away. Okay. Today. Lucky 13, if you will. Yeah. And you are still going to be in place at the annual conference in March, correct? Very much so, and very much looking forward to it. Yeah, um, uh, an opportunity to see people and and a little bit of a of a last hurrah. But yes, I yeah. will still be engaged with the organization and um, at the conference. Yeah, and that's what we're going to be discussing today. The announcement has been out there. In case any of you haven't seen that you can go to amp.org we put it out in i believe late summer was when it went public correct yeah it depends whether you call it summer or fall but in yeah uh, august september range range. yeah Yeah. okay so bob is going to be retiring in july 2023 the search is ongoing for the next ceo of amp the association for materials protection and performance. And what we're going to be doing in this episode is going through just some of the considerations, why this was the right time, and also looking at what the path forward looks like and what potentially is going to lead to a new CEO being named in the coming months. But before we get to the process forward, I want to retroactively look at your thought process over the preceding months and why you thought this was the right time to make this move. What was it that made July 2023 the right time for you to step away? Uh, great question, Ben. So, um, you know, a couple, first of all, this decision decision came together fairly quickly. I mean, I, I would be um, less than truthful to say that the idea of retirement hasn't been somewhat on my mind um, for a little bit of a little while. I'm 61 years old and been at this mm-hmm. a long time, and so you know, planning for retirement like everybody else does uh financially and other other ways and so it's it's sort of been in the planning process but i really didn't have it um 
targeted or was necessarily working towards it until my wife and I were on vacation um, the first week of August. We go with uh, a group of friends. Actually, it's three families and three generations now. So there's about 30 of us and we run a lake house in uh, Table Rock area, Table Rock, Missouri. And uh, one of the couples that was there, um, they had sort of put their retirement in place and we were discussing it one night and how what they've done and how they're ready for it and she has stepped away from her job and he has stepped away from his and uh, it really just got my wife and i thinking and so you have the opportunity with a little bit of time and space being on vacation and you have some incentive and then you have an example of somebody who's done it my wife looked at me on friday morning and said why can't you retire and i said Maybe we can. And so we spent several weeks looking at all the things you look at, financials, where we're going to live, what will we do with the time that we get, um, and how, you know, how are we going to make sure that um, we're being productive? And then a couple other things came into play. Um, my dad, who was the most incredible father, but he had two things in his life. He had his kids, his family, his wife, and his work. And he worked until his early 80s. And um, I just remember thinking, I, that's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to do. And so we had that, I had that going on. And then a year or so after he did retire, he passed away. And, and I think part of the reason he passed away is he did not have other things in his life that energized him and kept him motivated, et cetera. And so that was the other lesson I learned from watching him as great as he was as a father, you reach a point where you've got to make sure you have other things um, in your life and what you're doing. And, and we've always been very good about, you know, doing volunteer work and being engaged in the community and friends and, and other things. And then one of the things that has been a calling for me for some time, my, my Christian faith is very important to me. Um, been, been a believer since my 20s. Um, been very involved with it. It has guided most of what I have done in my life. Um, but I've always had a bit of a calling to learn more about um, my faith. And mm -hmm. there's an opportunity to do some seminary work uh, next year, uh, which start in the August timeframe. So that sort of helped drive the timing a little bit. So, so all of this is coming together. Yeah. And my wife and I just, with a lot of thought and prayer, said, you know, there's probably no perfect time, definitely from a financial position, there's no perfect time. You always want more. <laughs> right. Um, but this seems to be the right time for us. And then a lot of things have happened along the way to just really confirm that. In fact, um, once I shared it with the, the board and staff and it went public, I've just had a great piece about this is the right thing to do. So that that's sort of how it all came together. There's some other smaller things that have occurred that have led me to believe there's some opportunities to do some other kinds of work, uh, possibly with either local supporting local charities or local uh, not-for-profits here in the Houston KD area. Um, uh, the also the um, some consulting work, but that's sort of secondary to mm -hmm. what really drove the decision. It, it really came down to it was right for my wife and I the opportunity to do this the seminary work starting in August. And um, just a leading that said, there's there's a time, there's always a time to step away.
and uh, there's a time to be engaged. And, and this was really feeling like a time to step away. And I think at a high level, the timing does make sense because you look at the last three years, there's been so yeah. many things going on. 2020 was the announcement of the merger between NACE and SSPC, the Society for Protective Coatings, and getting ready for putting those organizations together in 2021. That really was the focus of the 2021 calendar year was actually having those organizations merged, the staffs merged, and then actually seeing what that looks like and putting it into place. And then this current year, 2022, which is almost done, this is the first normal year of the merged NACE and SSPC, now AMP, because in 2021, obviously, you had so many pandemic considerations still in place. So this was the first year that we had our in-person conference under the new name. We've had a full event schedule. Really, 2022 was the first normal year under the AMP umbrella. So I don't want to say that 2023 is going to be quiet. There's certainly going to be a lot going on in corrosion and coatings, but at least relative to the last three years, it feels like the organization is a bit more on its feet, a bit more stable. And so perhaps that makes it an easier time for a transition. Does that make sense? Yeah, Ben, it absolutely makes sense. And, and there's a couple things in what you said. Um, there is no doubt that uh, COVID in particular um, created a tremendous amount of stress and, and negative stress. And the merger created stress, but I would call that a positive stress. And <clears throat> but doing them together definitely was, was a challenge and, and in some way exhausting and exhilarating. And so that that has come into play. Um, I made a comment to somebody and I don't know how if this is exact or not, but theoretically that com those combined events took three to five years off my uh, my careers because they do. <laughs> they, they just draw a lot out of you. Um, good. The good of the merger and of course the, the difficulties of of COVID. Um, but the other thing you said is important and that is we're in a good place. So when if, if you look at the people who do the work that I do, the CEOs and the executive directors of associations, um, particularly in the US, but I think this is true around the world. Um, these jobs are very interesting. The tenure, the average tenure of a, of a CEO in an association is about five years. Because if you look at what happens, um, you get hired by a board, but as we know, our boards turn over. So about a third of your board turns over every year and theoretically, Every three years, you have a new board. Um, and so the people who were involved in your hiring often have moved on, and you've got new people and new ideas and new visions and new directions. And so it it, it is challenging to stay on it. I take a lot of pride in the fact that I've gone through multiple generations of boards and have always been able to align with them and, and move it forward. But I've also watched a lot of my peers um, hit the reef. So to speak, that that they end up being asked to leave or being removed from their office, get sideways with their boards, you know, go under negative circumstances. And I, I use the, the football analogy. I don't want to be the quarterback who's hung on so long. Um, you know, they had a great career, but they stay a few years too long, and then right. they um, they pay, play really bad. And so when their career finally does come to an end, there's a negative a negativity around it because people don't remember the championships. They remember those last couple of years where they weren't playing very well. Right. And so I really wanted to, and this goes back a long time, when I did step away, I wanted to do it when things were good. And I want to be leave a legacy that says, um, 
we put this organization in a great place, or as the Boy Scout motto says, left it better than we found it. So that that was an important part of this as well, um, making sure that I go out while things are good and it's in a good place to hand over the keys. And I think that's where we're at. There's there's a lot yeah. of positive things happening right now. So two part question. What is the most common reaction or question once the news leaked that you've gotten from staff? And what's the most common reaction or question that you've gotten from membership now that this is out in the open? I, I think the reactions are actually the same for okay. both. So there's a lot of surprise uh, because let's be honest, most people don't leave when things are good. They probably True. overstay their, their welcome. And so it is unusual to step away at this point. And so, so there's an element of surprise that um, I'm going. I, I think there's some disappointment or, um, you know, hate to see you go. I'm sure there's a few that are celebrating that it's time for me to go. You don't, you don't have a successful uh, career if along the way you don't break some eggs and, and possibly yeah. upset some people. Uh, so, so I'm sure there's a few that feel that way. One, one rumor I do want to put to bed, and I, I didn't hear it on the staff side, but I heard it on the member side, is because it's, this happens so quickly is that there's a health issue involved. You know, is he sick or did... If he's been diagnosed with something that would drive this, and that is absolutely not true. Um, I am as healthy. In fact, had a physical in June time frame, and everything is is where it should be uh, for somebody who's 60 years old. Actually, it's a little better than for a 60 year old. So if there is no health issue at all that's driving this. And then the other rumor I sort of heard was that I've reached a frustration level, or that you know there's the boards or the member leaders become frustrated with me and we're getting sideways. And that's not true. Um, very, very much aligned with where the leadership is taking the organization. Um, and I think that's demonstrated by the fact that they not just invited me, they want me to stay on and, and make the transition happen. So any of those negative rumors you may hear, none of that is true. This, this really does come down to it's the right time and place for my wife and I, and uh, there's we're looking forward to mm -hmm. um, continuing to be active. And as I said, a retreading to do something um, different, but meaningful um, mm -hmm. in our lives. Also, and I should say this, our second granddaughter is due uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, that's awesome. And, Congrats. Uh, we plan on spending a lot more time with the grandchildren. One, mm -hmm. one of the challenges of this job is it's extremely demanding, a lot of international travel, away from home a lot. Uh, long hours, and you don't control a lot of it. Um, anybody who thinks they aspire to be the boss or the CEO because they think they're going to have more control, um, you're kidding yourself. You actually have a lot less control. Uh, that, and so I, one of the things I want to make sure is that I'm able to spend time with my, my family, mm -hmm. uh, my grandkids, have a positive influence there, and also with friends, and do some of the things that I enjoy and want to do so that they're a little self-serving from that standpoint in the decision as well. What does the path forward look like for AMP as an association in terms of actually identifying and naming your replacement? I guess first off, what's your role, if any, in that process? And then where are we now and what are some of the criteria that the boards are looking at as they try to make this decision? Um, yeah, so 
the boards are the board took I'll back up a little bit. So I let the board know the the first of September. Or the the chairman of the board is the first of the September, and it took a little while to roll out. But um, they they first of all have been awesome to work with. They're taking it very serious. Uh, a search committee has been named. Um, that search committee has been working for a couple months now. They have identified a search firm to use. Okay. Uh, there is a timeline that has been built. Uh, the timeline is targeting that my replacement is named prior to annual conference, and our hope is that they would be able to attend annual conference. The, the search for a CEO can take a long time. Um, it can be a um, very drug out process because it's a it's an important decision and it's a difficult decision. I they're very much though focused in excel on an accelerating accelerated path and there's some things that are up give them that optimism. Number one is we have outstanding internal candidates potential candidates. Um, they haven't called yet for candidates, but we have really qualified internal people. Um, this is a very well-respected organization and the job is a is really a top job so there'll be strong outside candidates as well so i expect the search should go pretty quickly um, as i said they've put a timeline together and they're moving on it they have identified the search firm they're working now to put together the call for candidates um, and i like i said i i see it moving quickly as far as my role um, other than making sure it gets off to a good start and to make sure that we do everything the right way. I, I don't have a lot of say in it, and that's really mm -hmm. best practice. Um, there's, associations are different than businesses. You know, it's not uncommon in a business environment that the CEO would groom their replacement or have a big say on who would step into those shoes. You see that frequently, unless the CEO has gotten very sideways. For some reason, but that's that's not the practice when it comes to uh, the not-for-profit association world. What one of the things we got to remember is this organization it, it belongs to the members. As staff, we are stewards of it, and we take care of it, and we help lead it, and and make it successful. But we don't own it. It's there's we don't own it anyway. There's no stock. There's no ownership. And and in the end, it is the members' decision. So my job is to help this, this, the members make the best possible decision they can make. Um, they, they've got some things they need to consider. For example, are they happy with the path that the organization is on and the work that's been done this far? Do they wanna make a change? Do they wanna stay consistent with where the direction they've been on? Um, do they want a experienced CEO? Do they wanna bring somebody in who maybe you know, is an up and comer? Uh, which by the way was my case this was my first ceo position so mm. that's it's not unusual to see that happen particularly in a time now where there's a lot of retirements and a lot of people leaving uh, industry as a whole they need to decide whether they want a an association professional do they want somebody out of industry so they're they're going through a, a discerning process to determine what kind of candidates they want for the position mm -hmm. um that that takes a little while, and then when that's done, they'll they'll start the search process. But I'm really pleased with how serious they've taken it, how they've gone to work, how methodical they've been, um, and I all of that's going to lead to a quality decision in a in a quick time frame. So they're on the right track, and um, really have been exemplary in their work. 
We're on the phone now with Bob Chalker, CEO of AMP. He's been CEO of NACE before that since 2010, wrapping up a 13-year run as leader of the organization. You mentioned your legacy earlier. I want to ask you what you think the two biggest parts of that are, or, or the two most memorable things that you've led these organizations through. The reason I say two, I suspect one of them is going to be the merger and what's gone on the last three years, but I think that's obvious. So certainly the merger can be part of the answer, but also outside of the merger, what do you think your legacy is here? Yeah, um, so the merger is definitely one for sure. Uh, you know, that's something that had been tried multiple times before and unsuccessful, and, and I can't take all the credit for that. In fact, I can only take a, a part of it. Uh, we had the right member leaders at the right time. We had the right staff on both organizations. Um, the right commitment, the right approach. And so that that truly was a team effort, but it will be one of the things that as I look back on my career that I'll you know take great pride in and, and see as a positive. Um, you know, I think the second is the the staff. Um, I'll, I'll tell a little story. I'd probably been at NACE at the time. Um, about two years, and I was having dinner with a gentleman who I consider a mentor and a friend. Uh, he's been a, he'd been a CEO for about ten years at that point, so well a bit ahead of me on his career path. And we were as we were having dinner, he made a statement to me. He said, "I love my staff. I love and trust and everything about my staff." And I walked away from that dinner asking myself, "Can I say that about the organization that we had?" And, and I couldn't, and that's not necessarily a criticism of the staff who were there at the time, but it was a statement on the relationship I had with the staff. And I think it was a statement on how serious we were taking our roles and responsibilities and were we positioning ourselves to truly be leaders in the organization. And that that conversation led to things like the leadership academy that we've put in place, mm -hmm. um, some of the decisions we made around our hiring practices, the idea of that we're going to get the very best talent wherever we can get it, um, which interesting enough prepared us for COVID because we had hired a number of people yeah, absolutely. in locations in the world um, because not everybody wants to live in Houston, Texas. Uh, it led us to make decisions about how we communicate with one another about building the culture that we built here uh, together. And, you know, I always say about the culture, I, as the leader, I can define what the culture would be or should be, but I can't make it happen. Each individual makes it happen every day with every interaction. Um, and so I, I think that's probably the, the second best thing. I One of the things I do, um, I meet with employees on a regular basis and we have these a couple different ways but one is coffee with bobs which is basically a cross section of people five six seven of us sit down we have coffee um, and we just talk and one of the questions i always ask is what brought you to amp why did you come here and usually the answer is i i applied for the job because i was looking for a job or i knew somebody that worked here um, in most cases they didn't know much about the organization the second question I always ask him is, why do you stay? And inevitably, the answer is the people or the culture. I take a lot of pride in that. I, I think 
building an organization that has an incredible culture, we can overcome anything. And, and I see it as probably the most important role that a CEO can play is making sure you have the right team with all the tools and the things mm-hmm. they need to be successful in creating an environment or a culture um, that thrives. So I, I have to put that as my second for sure. Okay. No, that's a good one. The culture is very strong. And I think that's something that, you know, it's much more of a staff perspective than membership, certainly, but a happy staff really serves the industry. And that's the role Absolutely. of this association. So that's the correlation that people might not uh, instantly grasp, but it's certainly important. And I think that's a big part of your legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, you know, if you think about it, think about how people have grown in their careers here. Not Not to pick on you, Ben, but doing these podcasts, right? right. You've become incredibly talented at this. I I can expect that if you go back and look at your early ones, um, probably not as strong, right? Right. That wasn't something you were a writer at that point in time. And and one of the things I think we build a culture is to allow people to explore their careers um, and, and to really tap into their talents and to build and grow, you know, one of the goals we set every year is um, so many hours of training and professional development, but the number of stories we have of people who have grown in their career, their professional career, and have been able to fulfill their own desires and dreams are incredible. And so there's story after story of that. And, and part of that is creating a culture where we're going to value people for what they are, who they are as people, not just what they do, but right. really who they are as individuals and and allow them to thrive in that environment. We'll wrap this up here. Bob, for people listening that are out in the industry or are currently AMP members, what's the message that you would like to leave them with? I know we've been talking for 25 minutes or so already, but as we go forward the next few months with really getting into the weeds of, you know, the process for naming your replacement and hopefully coming out with that just before conference in March and then next July, actually putting your replacement onto the job and seeing what that means for the association. What message would you like to leave our listeners with when it comes to what the next few months are going to look like? Um, I, I may change it up on you. The next few months are going to be a little um, unsettling for some as we go through transition. Change is always mm-hmm. hard. Change is always difficult. And, and there's going to be an unsettling with staff, with members. Um, people are going to be concerned, and rightfully so. I would I would encourage them to not get caught up in the rumor mill um, that if they hear something, they'll get it validated. Just don't take it as fact, because I expect that there'll be some stories and rumors happening as as we go through this process. Sure. I encourage them to be patient and to, to trust the process. They've got great member leaders who are really taking the, re, the effort to replace me serious, and I know they're going to come up with a good answer. But I'd like to, this is where I'd like to change it up. I'd like to talk a little longer term because I really would like to leave a message. Look, AMP belongs to this industry and it is what it is because of our volunteers. Staff is here to support, we're the infrastructure that underpins it. But in the end, what makes AMP the truly outstanding organization it is, is the industry itself and the volunteers. There's a lot of professional associations who are serving industries that fundamentally are not having much of an impact 
and in, in their own way, they're dead on the inside. People are not engaged. People aren't volunteering. It, they've almost become irrelevant to their industry. In fact, there's a great book in our industry that was called, written. It was called The Race to Relevance. How does an association become relevant to its industry? Um, that's not AMP. AMP is incredibly uh, engaged with its industry. Uh, I think the uh, industry as a whole has embraced our leadership and values what we do, whether it's certification or education or conferences or advocacy, whatever it is that we do. They valued our technical standards, have great influence, um, but that only happens because our volunteers are engaged. Um, they give of their time and energy, and they're willing to, to do what it takes to make AMP the organization. So the message I have is, no matter who sits in the CEO role, um, be engaged, make a difference. I, I, I'll close with just a quick story. I was talking to uh, another peer of mine, and I gotta be honest, I was relenting a little bit about the fact that a few of my very passionate members weren't happy with something we did. Um, and it, I'll just say what it was, we made some significant changes to the way we do the awards uh, banquet. We moved it away from a banquet to a reception after uh, 70 years of it being a, a banquet type setup. Um, but attendance was dwindling and the you know our next generation of people coming in didn't necessarily value the black tie chicken dinner model so we shook it up and that and there were some people really upset about that and there were some people that really loved it and so i was sharing with this peer of mine that and he said consider yourself thankful and i said tell me more he said he said my organization we could do that and nobody would really care the fact that your ma your members are that passionate that they will right. voice their opinion and good or bad that they're engaged is in, makes your organization what it is and makes it influential and so the big message i have for our member leaders is be engaged in the organization let your voice be heard um but really get behind what what amp is trying to achieve i i think it's well positioned to continue to make a difference and i think the mission that we've put in place the vision the strategies are all going to really make a difference not just for today but one of, one of the things we're looking at is as technology changes as society is changing as we're seeing a turnover in the generations that we're still relevant 20 years from now 50 years from now 100 years and so my message to our members is engage be part of the organization volunteer to be on committees and boards and to take leadership roles or to write articles or to be on standards committees to teach classes um but be present and and be part of what we're doing right right because corrosion control and protective coatings the need for those services is not going anywhere absolutely absolutely you know even if the technology changes you know it we're maybe there's a day that comes we're not building structures out of steel. We're still going to have all the old structures, mm -hmm. but whatever material it's made out of, it's going to fail. It's going to have a failure mode. Maybe right. called something else, but that's what we're here for: is to protect our infrastructure yep. um, and ensure that it it performs in the long term. So. Exactly. Well, I think that's a hopeful note to leave this on, Bob. Thank you so much for the time. 
for our listeners that may want more information, the best place to get it is online. You can go to amp.org or you can search for AMP at your social media outlet of choice, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Just search for AMP, A-M-P-P, and follow us. You can get the latest updates, both from Bob as well as the ongoing transition, the search, well, what will be a transition in 2023. If you want the latest updates, again, amp.org or amp on any of your social media outlets is the best way to stay engaged and follow the process. Bob, thanks so much for the time. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And folks, this is where we'll wrap for today. For Bob Chalker, I'm Ben Dubose. Thanks as always for listening and please come back soon for another new AMP podcast.